0: The following is a Pro Football Network podcast, the primary voice for pro football at profootballnetwork.com. What is up everybody? Welcome back to the PFM Premier NFL Draft podcast. It is May, early May, uh, and we are it, it's slow. Wow, it's weird. I know, like we were working very hard through the NFL draft, obviously getting team grades in there, analysis and like, in the lead up and the aftermath. Now it's kind of that dead zone. Like what do we do now? And I think usually You know, this is kind of where we started transitioning to 2022 last year. So now we're already kind of getting some early watches on 2023 guys, but we're not quite done reflecting on 2022 and what it brought, you know, not just from an analysis standpoint, but, you know, within our own evaluations how we progress, where we can improve. So that's what we're gonna kind of cover today. You know, looking at our own process, we had some time to talk about teams who won the draft, who had the best hauls. but you know, there's more to it than that. You know, it, it, the, there's the external stuff, of course, but then also the internal, you know, how we improve as evaluators. And so we're gonna try and provide some insight on that today, but first off, Ali, I mean, it's been a few days since the draft ended. I know you've been working, but it's been a lot slower. I took a little vacation, went up to Wisconsin, uh, just to hang out with some buddies and it's been it's been weird honestly like you expect to have more work this time of year i mean i guess first off man what have you been doing with all this extra time well
1: i've been so watching fcs film this is our films probably we'd be careful where we say film and um and games because you know all 22 is very much different film is very much different to watching you know your run-of-the-mill broadcast but i uh yeah it's been a lot slower it's been a lot less hectic that week of the NFL draft, especially over here in the UK. Going to bed at like seven AM and then getting up at nine AM to take my daughter horse riding because she don't understand that you know the American time zone and the, the NFL draft and everything. So, yeah, it was. Um, it's been a weird, a weird week or two after the draft, kind of coming back down, kind of after the excitement and the hype and everything, just chilling back down, getting back into a place where we're thinking, hey, look, where were we this time last year? What do we need to start doing for the 2023 cycle? Let's start. Let's start digging in some of these guys. Um, and it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a, a quiet few weeks, couple of weeks, but I think it's going to get very, very noisy in the next few weeks as we build up towards the start of the 2022 college football season. Yeah, it's going to be exciting for sure, and like it, it's, it's interesting, right?
0: Because this nfl draft process you have to put the work in you have to that's a prerequisite you can't get you can't get away with not watching film like that's the first that's the foundational element of it but this time of year can be really valuable because i know you and me both we were pretty burned out through the entire second half of that draft process right so you know take some time for yourself it's important you know it's it's definitely important to put in put in the work when you need to but you know being that absolute workaholic you know, take some time for yourself because that helps you recharge and be ready for when you are called on, you know, to to work and put the work in. Right. So this is a valuable time of year. Appreciate the slowness. Don't get carried away with it. Right. Because it's going to be over as soon as, you know, as before you know it. Right. But definitely cherish it, you know, take it in and use it to the the fullest, to the fullest extent that you can. And I I think that's something that we both, I I don't think either of us used any vacation time. And I know, you know, you've got some some time off coming up here. And I've still got 16 days that I got to use before August uh, 1st. So we've got some time to use, some time to kill here. But we're both going to be watching film in the lead up either way. That's just, you know, how it is for a draft evaluator. You're going to have to get affiliated with the classes coming up. Before we do that, though, Ali, we've got some reflection to do. And I think this is a good opportunity to do that, you know, the process. And I feel like both of us kind of this was both of our first years, I think, doing this full time, right? You know, it, we're both pretty new to this pretty early in the you know career span for us. How did you feel about your process this year, how it grew over time? Because I can tell you for me personally, you know, there were some reports that I wrote in August and in September, like in the very early stages of the season that I looked back on, you know, in, in March in April, and I was like, man, I could have been a lot more higher quality with this. Like the, I, I've learned so much about the process and about football in the short time span since then, you know, even little things can really enrich your analysis and, and help you see things in, in more perspectives. Right. So, you know, how did your process kind of progress over time and you know, what really stood out to you in that process?
1: Yeah. I think you make a, you make an excellent point about, the, the 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 growth and development throughout the entirety of the 2022 NFL draft process because for, for me and for yourself like you you mentioned then it's the first time full time studying an entire draft class and and for me i would you know i always say you know you, you're constant you're constantly learning you're constantly learning you you never know what you don't know until it becomes very apparent to you. And like you said, then going back and looking at some of the early reports that we wrote, or certainly that I wrote in May, June, July last year, I kind of look at them and I go, oh, my God, it's like a child wrote this. Like, this is like a child's understanding of football, which is something that, is something that I've always been very conscious of when writing um, scouting reports is and being able to make something that's easily digestible for any level of football enthusiast, anyone who ingests football content, whether it be at a low level, whether it be, you know, we, we see some of the stuff from our Skyrim reports popping up in, in media other media outlets so there's a varying range of, of people that ingest the the content in these Skyrim reports that we put together for for multiple different purposes. Um, and I've always been very conscious of that but when, I'll, when I when when I go in by certainly like updating some of these Skyrim reports, um, I think you know, some of the quarterbacks were the first guys that I, I wrote about in this this last 2022 cycle. Going back and and updating those and finalizing those reports in late March, early April was like literally like night and day difference in terms of how you um understand the game of football, what it is that you're looking for as an evaluator, um, and then how you um communicate that. Through the medium of writing these scouting reports, um, was there was a huge, huge difference as the, the the process involved. And I'm really looking forward to hitting the ground running in the 2023 cycle with um, an elevated knowledge compared to last year, but also being able to to further, um, further the knowledge, further the, um, the the communication element of what these scouting reports are. Um, to be able to make it um a robust but digestible um document living and breathing document on on these 2023 nfl draft prospects for for all levels of football fan football analysis um you know for, for people to consume and um, so that was one of my the, one of the biggest takeaways from from this last cycle was firstly just the improvement um of my own knowledge and and understanding and ability to communicate what I see on tape um to a a wider audience yeah
0: the the most exciting thing for me the most interesting thing for me was the depth of detail that football has you know and how it can impact like if you understand football better it is going to make you a better analysis uh, analyst you know like the big thing here is identifying traits you know and translating them but if you understand if you have a better understanding of what a player needs to do on a given down you know that's going to help you evaluate and project what they can do at the next level right like it, it goes for every position right i mean with quarterback obviously you know managing the pocket making your reads you know ma- is he manipulating the field you know there's so many little details that you pick up there with running backs right like how are your feet leading up to the hole you know how do you adjust when you encounter contact you know with tackles right like the kick slot the kick angle you know out of your stance that matters you know your stance that matters your knee bend that matters how how the spacing as you kind of match guys around the edge that matters right so you know every little detail counts and you can go with edge rushers too you know their timing at the apex not just how quickly they get off the line but their timing the the rushing angle that they take you know are your hands a little too high or your pads a little too high with linebackers right choosing the right gap you know getting enough depth or you know maybe coming up a little too much on those play fakes so you get swallowed up by blocks like all the little details count and you know when we were coming into this like early on in our careers as evaluators you you kind of know what to expect and what is good for a position like if you're a cornerback you're supposed to match a guy off the line like that's just kind of what's what's happened right but at, it doesn't really click for you until you understand more and more about technique and, and expectations you realize, all right, well, what do you do to do that? You got to match guys. Maybe take that kick slide angle, you know, cover them up field, flip those hips, you know, match the guy with your footwork, right? So get low in your stance, you know, a lot of different things that you need to be able to do to kind of accomplish those simple little things that are really just expected at this point, right? And it's it's such a detail-oriented process that if you're an evaluator, you, you really can't overlook anything. And that was the biggest thing for me is I know a couple of years ago, You know i would evaluate and i'd be like oh yeah he's got an arm right you know he's got this he's got this but you know it's it's not just about what they have it's what they do too and and i think that you know getting the full accounting of that on a given rep is is so valuable for getting the full picture on a prospect and this whole thing you know over months over years is just the process of reaching that pinnacle where you do get all that i don't think anyone is at that we're certainly not at that point right now but I, for me personally, and I know for you too, this cycle was very big in getting a better handle on all of the details that go into every position on every rep. you know it's it's such a detail oriented process and it's a lot to take in. you you're not going to get it all in one day. that's why I think time like this is valuable because you do need some time to kind of, you know, gather it and, and kind of become comfortable with all that. And you know, I, I'm really excited for next cycle because I know that already, we're writing up those early scouting reports we are going to be picking up more than we picked up uh, last august because you know that's just football you learn more about it because there's so much to learn and that's what i'm very excited about man i can't i can't tell you how much i'm excited but it's it's been fun and i know you know watching guys early on this cycle too like there's already changes that i am you know experiencing like you know will anderson looking at him at alabama right watching him and how he plays are things that i'm picking up right now that if i was watching zach harrison last august or you know my sanders last august i wasn't picking up the same things with them right so the growth is an evaluator you know it's one of those things where it's so fun to see it happening but you can't get complacent at the same time because you know that you might be you might look back next august and say well hey i didn't take this into account right so there's always more details To kind of gather and understand and become aware of and integrate into your own analysis. And that's the fun thing about football, it never stops. So, very excited for that. Ali, kind of honing down, you know, looking forward to this cycle now, the 2023 NFL draft cycle. What's one thing that you're looking to improve? You know, what's one thing that you've kind of zeroed in on and said, I want to get better at this or I want to better convey this in my analysis, grading? You know, what is one thing that you're really kind of Focusing on right now and saying this is kind of what I want to look back on next March, next April, and say I was able to accomplish this and it helped my analysis. Okay,
1: so yeah, the I mean, you you made a great point with um, with some of the, the the things that you said there, but particularly the um, it's it's not what they do, it's why they do it, and I sort of think it's not what people do, it's um, not how they do um, certain certain things, that, the, but the why behind it as well is. Um, there's such a so many things like you said that go into the into prospect analysis, um, and there's there's a few things that I want to change and do better within this cycle, and some that I've already started with doing because already um, at this stage of the twenty three cycle, I feel like I'm already ahead of where I was this time last year in terms of watch list, um, you know, having that full year of full full year covering the twenty twenty two cycle. It's enabled the, the process of how you go into the next cycle to be greater and deeper. You know, last year I was very much looking at a few, a handful of guys who stood out um while, while doing the the 2021 NFL draft, returners, guys that stood out, sort of early, um early guys that had stood out during that 21 class. Well, going into this cycle, I've got a, a whole wider and broader watch list than I ever had at this point last year and that is that's been a, um, a an, an elevation of the evaluation process for, for myself was taking more account during the season of guys that would slide into this cycle, taking more notes of prospects um, who would be would be eligible whilst watching tape through January through to April and making sure that I've got a fully built out watch list documented watch list. Going into this season, so that we hit the ground running at a, um, a higher pace and an elevated pace with with more guys and on the radar than there, there ever was going into the 2022 NFL draft campaign. Which, you know, that's a that's a, a, an improvement. I feel that I've made to my process just early on. The other thing is you, you mentioned grading there. Grading in terms of a numerical grade isn't something that I have ever dabbled with myself. Um, but it's certainly something that I want to incorporate into this year's analysis because it makes it makes your prospect evaluation more subjective. I know you found this yourself throughout the 2022 campaign. You know, you watch the film, you put the numbers into the uh, into your positional um, um, uh, grading tool. And the number that comes out that is you know that's what that's what you've got you're not going oh well this guy this guy does this a little bit you know you've got a very clear um and and obvious and and quantifiable um approach to to where the players fit in 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 your in this class and I think that makes the whole evaluation process a lot easier in terms of um you know it comes to big boards and things like that you've got a quantifiable number that you can just go look, bosh, 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 bosh. And I, I know you you managed to achieve this towards the end of the twenty twenty two cycle with with a lot of the the top end of your big board was based on the the grading scale that you'd put together throughout the year. And you know, all credit credit to you. It was you know there were guys up there that weren't particularly um, didn't equate to what the 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 big you know national media big boards were, but you could be confident in that big board because you know that that's what you've seen on tape and that's the quantifiable um, grade that that goes along with that tape watching. So that's certainly something that I think is an elevation of my evaluation process this year, this cycle is something that I certainly want to, to work towards achieving.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. And you made a great point early on. I think very important for evaluators, young and old, document everything. And I mean everything, all right? Um, cause I, I remember last year or even in the year before, especially, I got a little bit better with it this past cycle, but there were still moments where, you know, I, I'd finished all my assignments, right? What am I going to do? I'll just watch some tape on a guy that I, that I'd really wanted to check out maybe a 2022, maybe a 2023 guy, but I just wanted to check him out and I neglected to write anything down on him Right. So then eventually somewhere down the line, someone's going to ask you about this guy and you've, you You have watched him before, you do remember enough where you can talk about him, right? But if you document it, you have notes that you can tether back to and that you you wrote that while you were watching this guy. So you have the exact, you know, documentation, the transcript of what you saw on tape. You'll be able to communicate it if you watch him without documenting. But I feel like documenting allows you to you know, get every detail that you want. And so if you don't remember all the details in your head, you can go back and it's all there, right? So I think documenting everything, whether it's a guy in this cycle, or the next cycle, or a freshman that you really look forward to document it, because I can guarantee you, it will be valuable to go back to that either for, you know, kind of cross referencing seeing where they are now. Or, you know, maybe that ends up being part of their final evaluation. So you never know document everything, because it is very valuable for helping you maximize your analysis. And I think, you know, that's certainly and I look at what you have, you're going old school with the, with the line paper, you know, I've, I've got my, my <laughs> grades on, on the uh, on the spreadsheet, right. And then Ali's got his notebook, like, a, you know, like old school, just like writing everything down. I respect it, because I mean, yeah, you got you got to document everything. That is one of the most important things that I've realized, and especially you know, especially two to three years ago too, like I'd watch tape and then I think, yeah, I can just keep it all in my head. And you can remember a lot, you know, like that. that's important is retaining it after watching the tape, being able to communicate it. But if you can document it, that makes it a whole lot easier because you can amass a lot of notes and you can get down all the details. One thing that I'm really looking forward to, to doing this cycle is I, I probably won't chart every game for quarterbacks, but I do want to chart a few games at least for each quarterback because I think that charting, you know, is something where you can document a lot, you know, what is the what is the intent of each play? Where is the ball supposed to be placed? Where does the quarterback place it? You know, does it match up? What kind of rush is he getting? What kind of protection is there? What kind of route concepts is he working with? What kind of progression does he need to to walk through? You know, there's so many details in quarterback evaluation, especially that I think you have to document everything to get an adequate and accurate understanding of whether a quarterback is actively fulfilling his his responsibilities on every given down you know that was something that you know i did that late in my finalizations for guys like malik willis and kenny pickett and it changed my opinion of of both of them a little bit you know being able to document every single detail because quarterback is such a detail-oriented position if you document it you you'll find things that maybe you weren't retaining when you were just kind of relying on your own on your own memory your own retainment so You know, it's very important for me to document things. And I think that, you know, you have all this time, use it to the fullest extent that you can document it. So that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to, you know, doing better as an evaluator this cycle. Another thing that I really want to kind of hone in on or try and hone in on is, you know, you mentioned my grading scale, and I think it was a pretty big, you know, step in the right direction for me, my personal development as an evaluator. I'm not going to be right about every single thing, but I do think, you know, gaining that independence from that numerical scale was pretty important for me. I already feel a lot more freedom this cycle, you know, with guys like Will Anderson, too. Like we already see people saying, oh, he's a generational type prospect. He's probably not right. Like, let's be honest. We don't want to get into the habit of hyping guys up more than they're going to more than they should be. He's a very good prospect. Don't get me wrong but you know i think maintaining that independence from the hype if you have your own grading scale that you can work through that helps quantify your own analysis that helps free you from that effect which is very valuable but for me personally i do want to try and make my grading scale a still a little less um you know arbitrary right like there are times when you know i gave one guy an 8.5 in in hand usage another guy an 8.75 you know i want to I want to refine the definitions of what each grade means uh, for that. And I'm kind of, I'm going to explore, you know, sub trait grades too, you know, like for hand usage for edge rushers, what, what can you, you know, what can you integrate within that, you know, maybe timing placement, you know, violence, right. The force that they carry with their hands, the knockback power. Right. So, you know, there's different categories for different traits too. So. You know, I think subdividing that into multiple categories can be very beneficial. With bend for edge rushers, I think you're looking at ankle flexion, torso flexibility, hip flexibility. You know, torso flexibility can you bend and flex and absorb power. Hip flexibility can you roll through the apex, and then and then ankle flexion can your ankles kind of bend and allow you to lower yourself and reduce your surface area. So those are the components for that. So I'm I'm hoping to explore the sub-trade grades a little more and and allow those to kind of form composite trade grades that factor into the final evaluation, the final grade, uh, because there are different components for every trade. And then another thing for my grading scale that I'm hoping to kind of uh, explore, especially for certain positions, like a defensive tackle was one. Jordan Davis was a particular area of interest for me this past cycle because he did not grade very well for me uh, relative to his his hype level, right? And I think a big reason for that is the pad level at 6'6", 340. He plays very tall a lot of the time, right? And the hand usage is pretty much non-existent as a pass rusher. But, you know, that knocked him down a little bit more than I would have expected and looking back, a little more than I was comfortable with because he's obviously not going to be this stellar independent pass rushing threat right away. But what he does, he does so well that he he he's an elite two-gapper right away. And I feel like especially for the right team, the right scheme fit, that can be well worth a first round pick. And as you saw with the Eagles, it certainly was. So with Jordan Davis, I feel that, you know, he's kind of a representation of how my grading scale can better communicate scheme fits and how players kind of, you know, different types of prospects, right? Like, especially with defensive tackle. A nose tackle does not have the same responsibilities as a three technique, you know, a, a guy who can, a five technique, a big edge who can fall into four eye, three tech might not have the same responsibilities as a alignment, versatile, one tech, three tech, right? So uh, it's it's one of those things where every even at even at, you know, different positions like defensive tackle and safeties, there are different types of prospects that have different responsibilities. And so I'm hoping to better communicate that with the grading scale over time. Again, it's one of those things kind of like, you know, understanding football, right? Like it's not a change that you can make in a day. It's not something you can just say, all right, let's let's divide them up like this. Let's let's get it going, right? You have to explore it. You have to you have to have trial and error over time, see what the results provide, and that's one thing. You know, like even with this grading scale, you know, I thought that the 2022 NFL draft cycle, it was a good step in the right direction for me. But again, you and me both, every evaluator out there, we really won't know how we did until 2 to 3 years down the road when the results start to play out and we start to see who's successful, who's not, who translated well, who didn't, you know, that's one thing that you really, the only thing you really can do is just be patient and wait, right? So, but in the meantime, you can identify areas of potential improvement in your own process. And I think that's a valuable part of the cycle for every evaluator, us included. And so I don't know about you, Ali. Well, I do, I do know about you, you've you've said it, but we're both very excited to kind of see what the uh, 2020. Three NFL draft cycle brings. So uh, we've got around five minutes left here. So we've been talking about the process a little bit. It's been a valuable discussion, I think. Um, real quick, Ollie, or not real quick. We got five minutes, right? But uh, we've both been watching 2023 guys on the side. We are going to draft new scouting reports uh, this week, I think. So we will be getting the first scouting reports of the 2023 cycle starting starting to load up here. Uh, but real quick, we've both been watching 2023 guys on the side. Who are some guys that have been standing out to you in the early viewings, and uh, who are you looking forward to watching in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be be really easy to just come on here and go, well, C.J. Stroud, B. John Robinson, Zay Flowers, Brant Keith, and P.S. Garonsky, and just run through like the top guys at every single position, which is essentially what I just did there. But I am, like I said, at the, the, the top of the show, I spent a a whole day this last week, just watching FCS games because I absolutely bloody love it. And part of me wants to try and find the next Christian Watson. I'm not convinced i have found the next Christian Watson by any stretch of the imagination, but there are three guys and uh, three wide receivers that stood out in the, in the, the handful of games that I watched uh, one day last week. And we start with Mercer's Ty James. We saw uh, a lot of love for Mercer, offensive lineman uh, Jason Poe towards the end of the NFL draft cycle. Ty James, a former Georgia wide receiver, 6'1, 200 pounds. So you know he's got good wide receiver size at the NFL level. Big play threat who averaged 23 and a half yards per catch last year. He's physical and showcases good change of direction ability though for a, for a guy of his size. and there's a particular play that I watched against Fordham where he kind of uh, looked inside 10 yards from the um got the ball 10 yards from the end zone. Uh, looked inside and planted his foot as if he was going to go inside as soon as he caught the ball. and ball in the hands, swiveled his his head and body around to the outside, pushed off the plant foot and found the end zone for an easy ten yard touchdown. Made the the, the defensive battle look like an absolute clown. And then there was a couple of great plays from Ty James in the games that I watched. Um, and then there's. Um, Central Arkansas, former Central Arkansas wide receiver Tyler Hudson, who's actually transferred to Louisville. Louisville's shaping up to be an interesting team again this year with um, several returning pieces, several exciting prospects on offense. And this kid's 6'2, 195 pounds, um, third in the FCS in 2021 with 115 and a half yards per game. Excellent catch radius, um, some really nice snags out of the sky. Um, In the games I watched, enough juice to add yardage after the catch as well. So he's a guy to to keep an eye on in that Louisville offense. And then finally, um, Florida A&M's Marquise Bell, who was a guy who was expected to um, be drafted this last year, actually went undrafted, got picked up by the Dallas Cowboys, I think off the top of my head as a UDFA. Um, Going back to Florida A&M, and on the offensive side of the ball, Jamari Sharif is a... Interesting character, 5'7", 175 pounds. He's a diminutive guy, but fast feet, fast full stop, great uh, change of direction ability, showcases contact balance and body control, and you see all of those things come together, not just as a wide receiver, but also as a, a special teams threat, especially when you, you know, you're know you looking towards the back end of, of a, a draft class, these 6th, 7th round guys, UDFA guys. Can they contribute on special teams at an early point? And Jamari Sherid led the FCS in punt return average in 2021 um, showcasing all the things that we just talked about in terms of his, his, feet, his speed, change direction, the, the ability to absorb contact even at 57175 um, and the body control as well. So He's an exciting player to watch this season. Um, there's some of the some of the FCS guys that stood out for me, maybe some guys that you won't hear a lot about in the national media just yet.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I love it, man. You guys can tell Ali, you know, loves this because he's already talking about three FCS wide receivers. You know, and we're still in May, right? Like, this is freakishly <laughs> early. Ali, I commend you. Also, I think you might have a problem. Maybe maybe want to get that checked out. But, yeah, you know, you he might just, be right. It is fun, though. And I know I remember last cycle, early on, Ali was one of the first guys talking to me about Christian Watson and saying, this guy's got talent. And then he goes to the top of round two to the Packers, right? So, you know, definitely... You can tell that you know, we dive deep, we try to, you know, give the best analysis that we can for everyone who who kind of you know reads their stuff. And I appreciate it. You know, one guy that I want to mention too is Xavier Gibson out of Stephen A. Austin. or Stephen yes,
1: F. Austin. Your guy. But, this why I didn't mention him because I know he's your guy.
0: Yeah, he's he's a fun player, man. I got to watch a little bit of him. Uh, he's another smaller dude, 5'9, 170. Uh, But he's he's a player. I mean, he had 75 catches for 13, 77 yards and 14 touchdowns last year. He's been productive every year at SFA. Uh, Again, a little a little a guy, but I think he's pretty explosive, very jittery, very twitchy as a route runner. Um, very sudden can make make quick direction changes and leave guys in the dust on the off his stems. So a big fan of what he has to offer within his mold. And I think the FCS in general has proven that it's a pretty big talent trove of, 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 you know, wide NFL talent, right? So I'm very excited to see what it produces this year because this past cycle, you know, you got guys like Christian Watson, but even beyond him, you know, other players as well. I know Montrell Washington got drafted. I know, you know, Isaiah Weston. You know dennis houston other players that may have the talent to stick around in the nfl so the fcs uh, very very valuable in its own way but uh, yeah we're gonna wrap it up here we're just about done real quick ali i know it's the summer right so we will be watching we will be doing summer scouting but we'll also be taking some time for ourselves which as as you know is, is that's the healthy way to do it you can't work 24 7 you know got to take some time for yourself What are you going to be doing, you know, outside of football this summer? I know you got some pretty exciting family developments coming on the way. What's what's
1: what's next for Ali Hodgkinson, the person? Yes, uh, we will be welcoming the number one punter in the uh, 2042 uh, recruiting class. uh, uh, Henry Hodgkinson, watch out for the name. I'm not convinced Emily's too keen on him um, taking up football. Not quite sure even how he gets punting here in the UK, but hey, if we can make if we can make it happen. We'll make it happen. Um, so yeah, just just that's it, man. Getting ready, getting ready to welcome to a new, a new young member to the family.
0: That's exciting, man. That is very exciting. I'm so happy for you. And you know, me, it's gonna be a lot less exciting. I'll just be probably lounging around the house, looking to get a new apartment one of these days. But uh, yeah, just you know, watching tape and on the side playing tennis you know making music and just doing what we can do right you know it's the summer right so it's early in the process obviously don't get complacent but take some time for yourself you've earned it if you're an evaluator who's kind of worked through the season you've earned a little bit of time for yourself so i know we're going to be both having a, a pretty healthy balance there and i'm excited for it i'm also excited for things to finally ramp up in late july early august when we start to get closer to the season and football is back baby you know the off season is just long enough where it gets you to miss football for a little bit and then once it comes back it's the best feeling feeling in the world so until next time everyone we will be back with these podcasts uh you know we took a little break on thursday last week because i was on vacation but so we will be back we'll be chipping away through some early 2023 stuff in the weeks to come Uh, and also in the meantime we'll be writing our early scouting reports and uh, we've got a lot more information to share with you it's a new cycle plenty of possibilities plenty of potential outcomes and I can't wait to get through it with everyone. So until next time, everyone, peace out. Have a good one.